we have some amazing news to share with you. We have reached over a thousand downloads. Yay! I can't believe it. Oh my goodness. We are so excited and we're so thankful to every single one of you that have listened to us. Even if you've listened to us from the beginning or you're just catching up with us now. Thank you so, so much. We really appreciate all of you. Well, every single one of you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Um, And also we can see where our, our listeners are from. And we have a listener in Alaska. This is just blowing my mind right now. So hello, our Alaska listener. Please spread the word. We'd love to be (laughs) Alaska celebrities. (laughs) But thank you so much to every single person around the world, from India, from Germany, from Croatia, from Australia, Canada, America, UK, our lovely Alaska listener. Our, obviously our homegrown UK listeners thank you so much from the bottom of my heart we are just really overwhelmed actually aren't we Rachel when we found that out yeah so excited yeah so thank you so much for listening and let's get on with today's episode a grand fanfare welcome to our podcast keeping up with the Windsors dedicated to the royal family each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of windsor with your hosts and royal fan girls rachel andrews and michelle thole so grab yourself a cuppa straighten up your tiara shine your knighthood round up your corgis and, and let's keep, keep up with, with the windsors, windsors. hi welcome to this week's episode of keeping up with the windsors i'm rachel and i'm michelle And we have so much to talk about this week that we're going to get straight into it with the Royal Roundup. At the start of last week, we had the Bashir, so the Martin Bashir findings from Lord Dyson come out. Lord Dyson had said that Bashir had engaged in deceitful behaviour by commissioning fake bank statements to land the interview with Princess Diana. And that is a serious breach of BBC editorial guidelines. I know I'm paraphrasing what Lord Dyson is saying, but this is kind of like the general gist of it. Basically, in 1995, Princess Diana did a panorama interview with Martin Bashir, giving a tell-all about the royal family. Unfortunately, Princess Diana was deceived in the information that Bashir had given to her. And that's the reason she made, well, we assume that's the the reason why she made the choice to do the interview at that specific time. We had a statement by Prince Harry and a statement from Prince William. Prince Harry's read, our mother was an incredible woman who dedicated her life to service. She was resilient, brave and unquestionably honest. The ripple effect of a culture of exploitation and unethical practices ultimately took her life. And then Prince William had said, it's my view that the deceitful way the interview was obtained substantially influenced what my mother said. The interview was a major contribution to making my parents' relationship worse and has since hurt countless others. It was really heartbreaking to hear both of their statements and the BBC have given apologies to the Spencer family to the royal family and specifically Prince William and Harry. What makes me sad is knowing that Diana didn't know this and she died never knowing the truth. Mm. And that's that for me was just really hurtful. 
Yeah, and I think some of the findings that came out of that, um, like she was told Prince William was spying on her, MI5 had tracked her car, the Queen was seriously ill, that Prince Edward had AIDS. Like some of the things that they said to her, were, it's just disgusting when you when you hear them now. Mm. Um, so maybe if she had known the truth, she might not have gone ahead with the interview. Um, but again, this is the press, isn't it? This is what they do to get the stories. They lie and deceit. And unfortunately, that was the outcome. Yeah. And I think what's come out of the findings from Lord Dyson's investigation is the fact that if the buck just stopped at Martin Bashir, then he's just a rogue reporter, a really bad journalist. But actually, there was a lot of people that just hid the truth and hid the truth. Even when people did actually go to some of the, the higher up people in the BBC and say, I did the bank statements, you know, I actually um, did them, but I, I did them under false pretenses, because if I knew what they were being used for, you know, I would never have done them. So what I watched on TV this week was panorama on panorama <laughs> which was the weirdest thing so um in in the bbc we have a, a a show dedicated to like investigative journalism and that's called panorama so it always like uncovers something or, or like a whistleblower and what was interesting was the panorama program was on the deceit of panorama in 1995 and it was just you can't make this stuff up and I'm a massive advocate for the BBC, always have been, always will be. However, this does just ring true to a corrupt power. And it doesn't matter what institution you're in. If there's corruption, you're going to have problems. So I wanted to say that, but I also wanted to bring the point up. And this was brought up in the Panorama, on Panorama <laughs> TV show this week. The question is... Had the information that Diana had been given by Martin Bashir, was that a contributing factor to her refusal for royal security after the divorce from her and Prince Charles? And ultimately, does that also mean that she might have possibly been more protected from the press and obviously her security be more protected that led to her death two years after that interview. Um, so it's just, it's such a really sad situation really, isn't it? Yeah, and I think um, watching that and listening to it back is the fact that Martin Bashir was actually rehired by the BBC in 2016. And obviously before all of this came out recently in the last week or so, that's when he left. And he obviously knew that this was coming out, that these were probably gonna be the concludings of the investigation. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like there should be some kind of criminal proceeding or something. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's mm. fraud, isn't it? It's like forgery. It's deceit. Yeah. It, it, it feels yeah. like there's no justice if nobody is being held to account. That's how I feel about it. And I think for us as well, living in the UK, we pay for our TV license for the BBC. So all the other channels have adverts um, and that's what obviously makes them the money is the adverts that they get the revenue from but we actually have to pay a tv license just to watch bbc programs and so the public in a way has been deceived as well because we're paying for this and we've been part of the cover-up yeah 
And that's something that Prince William said in his statement that we, we the public, have also been let down. Something I wanted to note as well is actually Prince William. And when I watched him read out his statement, for me, there was something like the making of a king in him. And for some reason, this whole week, and we'll go on to the, the Scotland trip in a second, but for me, the whole week has been him stepping into that role. I just felt it this week, like, wow, he's going to be our king at one point, and he's going to do a really good job. Yeah, most definitely. Right, so after that really heavy bit of news, we moved on to the Countess of Wessex. Um, she was at a basketball court in Finsbury Park, taking part in the British wheelchair basketball. Um, they, they've got like this course in Finsbury Park and she was actually in the wheelchair playing basketball and it was brilliant. I didn't even know she was patron of British wheelchair basketball. And I just loved seeing her out there with the young athletes on the court doing a thing. Um, and I just loved this engagement. It was really fun and exciting and a really, really brilliant patronage. Yeah. And I think um, after the heaviness of the Bashir findings, and then the heaviness of the Prince Harry, Oprah mental health programme. It's It was a nice um, sense of relief to see something, a fun engagement, wasn't it? Absolutely. And I, I know we're going to go on to Sophie again in a second, but I've really, really enjoyed her engagement this week in particular. I want to move on to the Queen because we've seen or we heard of the Queen twice this week, which is brilliant. The first, she wished the Royal Pharmaceutical Society a happy 180th anniversary. And I've been to the Royal Pharmaceutical Society in London. Um, I went to an event because they hold some of their, they do venue hire there. And they've got the most amazing library within the uh, the society. And it's got like all lotions and potions and all old medicine from the Victorian age. Oh, wow. It's one of those things you have to book in advance. And because of COVID, I think it's closed at the moment. But it's something that I've always wanted to do. Go back to the library because you you pay and you have like a, a, a tour of it. It's not very big, but it's so interesting, the things that are there. So, um, yeah, I'll pop that in the podcast notes. I'll pop a little link in there if you do want to book um, and get in touch with them to book that. But it, it it is brilliant and it's such a brilliant place. The Queen visited the HMS Queen Elizabeth, which is a Royal Navy ship in Portsmouth. And she went there to see the ship off before the maiden operational voyage. And it's going to be going from Britain to the Mediterranean to the Philippine Seas. And she actually sponsored the ship. And it's one of two of the largest warships ever built by the Royal Navy. During her visit, she met uh, met with personnel from Royal Navy, the Royal Air Force and the Royal Marines, but also the U.S. Marines. And she met 250 of who are preparing to deploy um, on board. So, I mean, I think they all said like um God save the Queen or something as, as um, when they were doing three cheers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good cheer for the Queen. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to Harry, as you mentioned uh, a little bit just now, Rach. The Me You Can't See, which was the mental health documentary that's on Apple Plus. Well, I, I signed up for the seven day free trial because I wanted to watch it. And I have to say really truthfully and honestly, I absolutely loved it. And not because it was like really entertaining, 
because I think it's a subject matter that needs to be highlighted. And some of the stories, you're following real people around and they're the real life stories. And some of them were absolutely heartbreaking. And you just think to yourself, you never know, you never know what anybody is going through. And I love the title, The Me You Can't See, because you always put on that that front to everybody else, but nobody really knows the struggle that's within you. The first episode is very sparkly. It's got Harry in it. It's got Oprah. It's got Lady Gaga. I think that was the hook episode to get people still watching. My favorite episode was episode three. One of the most powerful things I've ever seen on television, following around a mental health worker working with Syrian refugees. And there was this little child talking about, um, what he's seen and obviously I won't go too much into it but it was absolutely the most heartwarming heartbreaking gripping bit of tv I've ever watched in my entire life and I highly suggest everyone to go out and watch the me you can't see and I'm going to be very controversial as I can kind of am sometimes and say that I didn't think Harry and Oprah made made a blind bit of difference to the to the actual series if actually I probably feel better if they weren't in it because then I wouldn't have my royal hat on I'd be able just to enjoy the series as it is and again I think there's been controversy over Harry having an um, EMDR therapy session on camera Um, and something that you know I said last um, in the last episode Mm. that I've had therapy for 10 years but I also think therapy is a very private thing and if you have somebody watching you're always knowing that you're being watched and so the therapeutic benefits they just I don't think they're as strong but that's my own personal opinion it was quite interesting to see EMDR I think I would like to do it as a therapeutic process as well as semantic experiencing however I didn't think it brought anything to the program to watch Harry in a therapy session. So yeah, there was a lot of damning things that he said in that episode, a lot more actually than I've heard in the past from Harry. But then I also think he is advocating for speaking out and to heal. But I think something you said last episode was in his healing, he's actually causing harm to his family. Mm. So it was quite damning, but again, I still highly suggest everybody watch it. So going back to Sophie, she has a new patronage and she is patron of well-being of women, which is a taboo subject talking about periods and menstruation and menopause, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Something that should be spoken about more often because every single woman on this planet goes through the same thing every single week every single year every single month you know absolutely um this video this was played on the royal family instagram and i think it was actually on the longer version was on their youtube as well so if you want to go and watch it go ahead but i'm just going to read out a bit of what she said and she said we all talk about having babies but nobody talks about periods nobody talks about the menopause why not it's something that happens to us 12 times a year is something that's incredibly normal, but it's something that is very hidden. And I think it's time to say enough. Bravo, Sophie, which is what I say to that. Bravo, girl. Give you a round of applause. I think this is one of the most important 
patronage is that a royal family member has taken on board in my personal opinion because it do, it is a taboo conversation and if you hear somebody such as the countess of wessex talking about menopause talking about menstruation and women's well-being then that is going to start the subject that's going to be the talking point and what a wonderful way to do that most definitely so we had an engagement from prince charles and the duchess of cornwall and they visited coventry to celebrate the city being the uk city of culture for 2021 and they visited coventry cathedral to mark the 59th anniversary of its consecration charles who is the founder of the british asian trust met members of the indian community and representatives from the canal river trust and we saw Charles on a canal boat. <laughs> we did see Charles on a canal boat. What was interesting is all the uh, passers-by. Prince Charles, hello, hello. No, really, can you imagine just like double checking, like, is that who I, that's it, that's Prince Charles. <laughs> is that the future king of <laughs> the Commonwealth right there? Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so he, while he was doing that, the Duchess of Cornwall went to Coventry Library and she read an excerpt from The Very Hungry Caterpillar, a children's book. And she read this to a group of children. And what I loved about this is it, again, shows her passion for reading and including all ages. You know, the last week we saw her with the Camilla's Book Club. It was super cute. It was really cute. And there was a, a little video of her in the library talking to some of the people afterwards and there was a little girl and she said to her what's your favorite book and the little girl goes harry potter and she says i love harry potter too and i was like <laughs> oh rach <laughs> no it's not happening <laughs> um, i also want to point out that coventry cathedral is beautiful mm. and it's very unusual actually for a cathedral so um maybe actually on our instagram right you can put some pictures up of coventry cathedral for people to see if they haven't seen it okay so for the last bit of royal roundup it was actually the queen who appoints a lord high commissioner and this role is to maintain the relationship between the church of scotland and the state this year the queen appointed william to represent the sovereign at the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland. So maintaining the relationship is something that the monarchs have sworn to protect during the first ever Privy Council back in the 16th century. So again, this is a beautiful example of the church and the state working together. Um, what was wonderful was William went up to Scotland and he expected the guards of honour at Holyrood House and then headed to the General Assembly where he gave a speech very king-like again yeah so at this point this is where we're going to move into the royal news because Rach you're going to keep us up to date with all things Earl and Countess of Strathern which is Catherine and William's name or their title when they're in Scotland so let's go with the royal news Yes, yeah, so I wanted to start with the speech that you just mentioned. I wanted to pull a few bits out of it. So he said, Scotland is important to me and will always have a place in my heart. And he went on to talk about he's had some of his happiest memories there and some of his you know, worst days, because obviously it was in Scotland when he found out that his mum, Princess Diana, had passed away. Um, he also said, it is here in Scotland 20 years ago this year that I first met Catherine. Needless to say... The town where you meet your future wife holds a very special place in your heart. 
George, Charlotte and Louis already know how dear Scotland is for the both of us and they are starting to build their own happy memories here too. So I thought that was lovely, a way of including, you know, his life before he got married. He met his future wife at university in Scotland at St Andrews. And now obviously they have three children and they're making their memories in Scotland there as well. So I thought it was a lovely way to bring the whole family in and to make sure that the Scottish people know how important the country is to them as people and as a family. Yeah, and there was something just really king-like about him this week. I can't put my finger on it, but I just feel like he's gone up a level. Maybe that's just me seeing that, I don't know, but just the way Mm. he's handled the Martin Bashir situation, then moving into this High Commissioner appointment by the Queen, it was just wonderful to see him in that role. Yeah, so on the same day, which was the first day on the Saturday, we also saw William at the football where he um, attempted some penalties I'll say attempting because he uh, he missed the bar a few times. <laughs> I bet he was like, right, let me kick it again. Let me kick it again. Did you get that word? Did you get it? Right, okay, we got it. And this actually ties in really nicely with their Heads Up campaign, which obviously he is a founder of. And again, a very important charity. It's all about mental health, which going forward, obviously, is going to be one of the main staying points, I think, that you're going to see him talking about in years to come as well. Yeah, I might be paraphrasing William here, but he did mention that football is one of those sports that brings everybody together. And therefore having this mental health initiative connected to that just means, you know, everyone has um, as physical health and mental health and everyone, most people love football. I don't love football. No, (laughs) so... (laughs) we're not we're not sporty people <laughs> we're not sporty people at all phil was watching football last night i was like which one's that and what team's <laughs> this and i just yeah it's over my head honestly so on day two um william was at knock hill racing circuit driving an electric car and what i loved about this was the video so he was actually in the car driving it himself and the first thing i thought was can you imagine the insurance they had to get for that <laughs> Could you imagine if he crashed that or something? <laughs> I think you messaged and said he's got his, he had his name on the car as well, didn't mm, he? Yeah. I actually think this was very different, wasn't it? This engagement was very different. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was different to what we've seen him before. But what I liked about this was, I think one of the main things that we're seeing um, spe- specifically this week with the Scotland trip was mental health. And it's all about being sustainable and the future of the planet. They were like the main three things that I got from this week. So what was great about this um, engagement was that um, it's all about sustainable motor racing. Yeah, because I've never heard of an electric racing car. No. So that was something completely different. And then on the same day, um, William visited Queen's Bay Lodge, which is a care home operated by Crossreach, which supports over 10,000 people in Scotland living in challenging situations. And this is where we had a lovely moment between William and 95-year-old Betty. Yes! Oh, Betty! <laughs> and he was like, I think the, one of the care home assistants said, can you stop flirting? And he was like, I'm trying not to flirt. She's like making me flirt. My nan was exactly like that. She was such a flirt. <laughs> it's like when you get past a certain age, you can get away with anything. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know who's flirting more. <laughs> so it was just a really like light-hearted moment. And it was so funny to watch. I just thought, oh, this is my moment of the day. Like I love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and also it must have been something like 
Betty's gonna tell everyone I flirted yeah. with William. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously she saw his big biceps from this week, you know, with the COVID <laughs> vaccination. She so thought, she was get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine's not here, I might have a chance. <laughs> so on Monday, um, this is when Catherine joined William. And they were together at Turning Point Scotland and the Scottish Violence Reduction Unit, charities that deal with addiction and violence. And again, the great thing about this was um, Catherine trying her hand at DJing, which was actually abysmal. (laughs) And also, um, I think she finished off by saying, delete it. Yeah. (laughs) Delete it now. (laughs) So there was a video and William was like, please turn that off. It's hurt my ears. And she was like, delete it, delete it. (laughs) Now, I've only heard of this um, in articles. I haven't actually seen the video, so I'm really looking forward to watching it. It's on their Instagram page. So if you wanted to have a look at that, then go and check it out on their Instagram. But yeah, it was quite funny. And then on the same day, they also um, was cooking with Sikh Sang Jog to prepare meals for vulnerable families across Edinburgh. And this person set up the service um, during COVID to provide hot curries twice a week to disadvantaged people in their community. So again, I think it's really nice that they're meeting different people this week, not just charities, but individuals that have helped their communities during the pandemic. What a lovely way to support the community during a pandemic. And I saw them making some chapatis actually on a video. And I mean, I would love to eat one of their curries. It looks amazing. So great job to them. And that's a fantastic way to support everybody during the pandemic. Yeah. So I'm going to like deviate a little bit from the rest of the week at the moment, because I want to bring up the fashion. Now, Catherine is a style icon and I was expecting first day to be wowed. And she turned up in a blue, a very blue blazer and skirt. And I was just so underwhelmed. And it's the first time that in a while, actually, that I've just not really liked the outfit that she's wearing. And I actually put a poll up on um, Instagram and because there was a bit of a divide. And I was speaking to someone on Instagram, Danny Belcher. Hopefully I pronounced that right. And she said, I'd like it to be separate. So the blazer with a tapered crop trouser, the same color. And then if she could wear it with heels, and I completely agreed with that. I think it would have looked so much better if she had worn, even if it was the same color blue, if she had worn a tailored trouser with a neutral heel and a bag. Again, this is, again, what I didn't love about the outfit was the color of the bag and the shoes. If it was more of a lighter neutral, I think I would have liked it more. But for me, it's probably one of the worst outfits I've actually seen her in. And I hate to say that, because you know how much I love Catherine's style. But it was just like, it was just a big no from me this week. What did you think of it? Well, I've got two points. The first is I thought she actually looked quite tired on that engagement. I don't know whether what went on. I mean, that's my own personal thing. I, I don't know whether she just... She rushed up to Scotland. There was lots of stuff going on. And I think that's also maybe the reason why um, you might not have liked the outfit as much. I don't know. Maybe she didn't mm-hmm. have a, a much time to put it together. But one thing I would say is I actually really liked it. Um, and the reason I say that I liked it is because in some of the pictures, I couldn't see the detailing of the skirt. And then there was this one picture I saw and it, it, you could just see the difference in the in the material of the skirt. And I actually really, really liked it. I love the blazer. I love the skirt. I actually really enjoyed the the bag and the shoes. I I, I see what you mean, Rachel, about it not being your colour. Um, 
uh, palette, but I actually like the fact that she took a chance. I I enjoy, I I I thought she looked good. Mm. I mean, I think there could be slight little things you could change to make that like a ten out of ten. But for me, it was a nine. I really loved it. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. Let us know in the comments um, if you want to leave us a comment on what you thought about Catherine's outfit or outfits this week, because it will be really interesting to hear your opinions. Okay, so we're moving now on to Tuesday and they went to Orkney and they saw a renewable energy turbine that can help turn the tide on climate change. So it will become the most powerful turbine in the world, meeting electricity demand for up to 2,000 UK homes. And this actually aligns with the work that the Earthshot Prize is doing to repair the planet. So obviously, if you don't know, the Earthshot Prize is an initiative and a charity that Prince William has set up and he's champion. So it's really a crossover between the two. So I thought that was like a really good um, thing to see. And then on the same day, they also met some school children. And what was lovely about this was they were all like, I think they were about four or five. And there was this little boy and he was like, are you the prince? <laughs> she was like, no, that's the prince over there. And she went, no, I'm the Duchess of Cambridge, but lots of people call me Catherine. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Because you can't ever predict what a child is going to say. So, um, yeah, and she handled this so well, didn't she? She was like, well, um, I am a princess. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so cute. What I'm really enjoying about this Scottish trip is they didn't just go to the main cities. They went to really small places and they traveled the length and breadth of Scotland. I think that is brilliant because you just they didn't just go to Edinburgh and say, oh, well, we visited yeah. Scotland. See ya. That's what I loved about it. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that as well. On Wednesday, they opened the day at West Sands Beach, joining five young carers for a session of land yachting. And I absolutely loved this. When we saw the videos from this, you could really see their competitive sides coming out with each other. Yeah. And there was one point, like, William was in front, Catherine was a bit behind, and then she came up the side and she overtook him, and there was, like, a look as if to say, oh, I can't believe she's just done that. <laughs> I tell you what, the, the first thought I had was, lounge yachting looks super fun. Yeah, I've never even heard of it before. Me either. Would you give it a go? Yeah, I'd give it a go, definitely. I remember once, though, Rachel and I, we were on a hen party, and um, I skipped out on the, um, what, what were we doing? Sco- uh, surfboarding. Oh, s- surfing. And you yeah, went yeah. surfing, and I was like, no, that's too cold for me. So the <laughs> fact that it was actually on the sand, I'm like, right, okay. <laughs> I, can, I can get on board with this. Not in any cold water, I can do this. It did look super fun. <laughs> Yeah. And I think they looked like they enjoyed it themselves. And what was really nice about this day was they actually went back to St. Andrews University, which is obviously where they met. And they met students to learn more about the Can Do Activities Project. And this is a project that has assisted undergrads in supporting each other during the pandemic. You know, what's been hard about this pandemic, especially if you've been away at university, was especially last year, you couldn't go home, you had to stay at university. People have become more reliant and dependable on each other and it was just nice for them to meet fellow students of the university they attended themselves they planted a tree as well didn't they they did it was very royal of them it was very royal (laughs) they planted a tree it was raining you know you're in you're in britain it's gonna rain yeah um and then i heard a little well somebody on twitter said they were holding their own umbrellas (laughs) how very non-royal of them and i was like oh yeah yourselves it's 2021 i know 2021 these are modern royals they do not need someone holding their umbrella for them 
Um, one thing I want to point out, though, with the whole fashion thing is, again, this week I have been really underwhelmed, I must admit, by the outfit choices. But we have had terrible weather in the UK lately and it's actually been really really cold so I can understand some of her outfit choices but because it is Catherine maybe I'm just expecting like a lot more from her I've loved everything she's worn Rach everything even the hiking boot look on the beach oh yeah I liked that yeah Yeah, I I loved it (laughs) Tatler Bowden look (laughs) yeah I, I, I really enjoyed everything she's worn. I tell you what I didn't enjoy because when she went to open the Victoria and Albert Museum wearing Alessandra Rich, I wasn't a fan of that drop waist red number at all. So there are things that I don't like in Catherine's wardrobe, but I thought she looked absolutely amazing on every single one of these engagements. Yeah, but then Kate did something. Da-da-da, drum roll, <laughs> drum roll, please. And she managed, in my eyes, to redeem herself in the fashion stakes. Redeem herself? She knocked it out of the park, Rachel. She was wearing a tartan coat from Holland Cooper and shoes by Manolo Blonick and the Dubai looped earrings, which were on loan from Her Majesty. Hair tied back. She looked absolutely fantastic. I loved this look. And it was an evening look. They were um, hosting a screening for the film Cruella for NHS workers at Holyrood Palace. Um, So this was like a, you know, movie premiere look. But I absolutely loved this outfit. I loved the colour palette. I loved that she had her hair up. She just looked so chic, so put together. This is the Catherine that I live for. Like, this is is the Catherine that I love anyway. I do like a casual Catherine, don't get me wrong. But I do like the more glam looks. I'm not a massive fan of those earrings, not because they're not beautiful or whatever, but for me, I just don't like the shape of them. And it's not something that I would personally go, oh, out of all of this, I'm going to choose that. But Mm. for that outfit, it was just spot on. Just amazing. Um, It was quite interesting seeing them coming in on that. um, The Land Rover. uh, Prince Philip's Land Rover. Them trying to watch the film with um, a Land Rover (laughs) because it's quite low down. You can't really see. And it was a drive through uh, cinema, wasn't it? So they were all in cars watching on the big screen. (laughs) And they also had an interview with Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, didn't they? Mm, Yeah. 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 They were talking about the the film itself. um, And then they... uh, um, William actually mentioned Betty, which I thought was lovely. Joking! <laughs> he mentioned Betty to them and he was like, oh yeah, I got chatted out by Betty. <laughs> I love that he remembered her name as well. <laughs> um, just so you know, I've been a bit out of the loop when it comes to Royal News this week. I've taken a bit of time off. And so Rachel's been holding the fort. So I'm loving the fact that I'm getting all this new information. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Go on, Betty. <laughs> Bring it home, Betty. Bring it home. (laughs) She should be knighted. I love it. Dame Betty. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What else have we got going on in Scotland? So on their last day, so we're recording this on Thursday. So sorry if they've done more engagements and we miss anything out. But um, they started the day at Starbank Park in Edinburgh to hear about the work of Fields in Trust who are running an initiative to reduce inequality of access to green spaces in the UK. Um, So again, something that I think is really important is, especially if you're in a built-up area, if you you live in a flat, just important to get out there, isn't it? Just to be in the open, just to be with nature. Sometimes, you know, especially working from home, 
there's some days that even myself I don't leave my flat so when I go out it's really nice to be able to live near parks or walklands just to have a change of scenery um so I think this is a really important initiative and they um which is really adorable they plant in plants and flowers with children which was really sweet oh and also um they were helping older children who are um in the process of doing their Duke of Edinburgh Award, plant sunflowers and William actually planted some apples, which was really nice. And then this afternoon, as we were about to record the podcast, they had another visit, which was to the um, Lawn Tennis Association, which Catherine has been a patron of since 2016. And they was at Craig Lockhart Tennis Centre in Edinburgh, where they joined children and you could see Catherine playing a bit of tennis with the children. So again, Nice and nice to see them out and about for their last day. Packed full of engagements, but I'm guessing they need to get it all in before they go home to their kids. So yeah, um, there was a few things that came up for me with the the Scotland visit. The first was times the Prince William allowed Catherine to lead. So for instance, they were opening a hospital, and mm. Catherine opened up the curtains. And I think, from my understanding, if, if it was going to be Prince Charles and Camilla, I would think that it would be Prince Charles that would open up the. So I I just saw a a, a very different dynamic between the two of them. And also with the NHS screening, Catherine did the speech. I'm sure Prince William said some things, but in the Instagram feed, it was mostly what Catherine had said. And I think she took a a lot of the lead when it came to, you know, doing the the main bit or, or what we can see anyway, apart from seeing Prince William at the start in the General Assembly. So yeah, that's just my my understanding of view of it. Yeah. And another thing that wasn't reported, but I've seen, I think maybe fan photos of what they took themselves. But um when they visited St Andrews, there was um a fish and chip shop that when there was that students, they actually frequented quite a lot. They actually went back to this fish and chip shop and there's um shots that you can see. They're not very clear. Again, that's why I'm presuming that they're fan photos. And you could see them sitting on the pier eating fish and Amazing. chips. It was just like a really like off guard moment. You know, it, obviously it wasn't planned. It wasn't like a um, you know, a what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like a money shot sort like of thing. Shop. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a setup shop. It, it was just something. Obviously, they probably thought, "Oh, do you remember that place we used to go to? Like, let's go back there." Yeah. Um, I don't. Maybe it is the the fish and chip shop, but there was. I was. They were either in a market or maybe they were getting their fish and chips. They recognised someone behind the counter, and they had this really nice, mm, um, yeah. kind of like conversation with them. Oh, remember? Oh, yeah. And then kind of dawned on Catherine, and she was. Oh, it kind of twigs. Oh, yeah. Hi. You know, and I forget their connection with Scotland, but it's so entrenched in their beginnings of a love story between the two of them. And a lot of um, what's the word? A fondly um, shared memory of the place. And that's what was lovely about William saying that in his speech, because it brings all that together, doesn't it? And I think what was nice, and I think William said this in his speech as well, was that when he was at university, he was kind of left to get on with it. And so there was an understanding between the press and the royal family that they wouldn't obviously bombard William, that they would just kind of try and let him have a normal student life, which 
he probably would not have got if maybe Diana was still alive. It's just one of those things that over time, we've seen it with their own children, with mm. Catherine and William's children, is that, again, we don't really see them unless they want us to see them. So I, I think them going back to Scotland, like you said, it's brought back nice memories for them. And for him, especially because he was kind of just left alone to get on mm. with it. And I, Yeah. And I think in that speech, he was alluding to thanking the Scottish mm. people for allowing him to have that time. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was I think it was a very lovely week of engagements for the Earl and Countess of Strathern. Yeah. So that's the royal news for this week. Thank you so much, Rach, for taking whole, you know, taking the baton, shall we say, <laughs> and running with it for the podcast this week because obviously I took a few days off. What I would love for you to do listening right now, if you're listening on Spotify, please follow the podcast and also heart our episodes. If you're listening on iTunes, why not subscribe? Give us a five-star rating and also leave us a lovely review. It's so wonderful to hear your um, take on the podcast, your opinions of the royal family, and also what you think of the episodes. Please give us your feedback. Let us know how we go. And obviously like subscribe and do all the good things we're also on instagram at keeping up with the windsors pod so feel free to come on over and yeah give a little chat with us we do some instagram lives we post very regularly we've got stories going on there's lots of stuff going on lovely rachel's doing a great job over on instagram i would just like to say um sometimes the instagram feels like a full-time job (laughs) (laughs) i think it was on wednesday i had William and Catherine in Scotland, Charles and Camilla in Coventry. I was trying to, I think I posted about five times that day and I was like, oh my God, this is so much. (laughs) And then I think um, Christy from The Prince and his Duchess was like, I don't know how you're doing this. I was like, just, I don't know how you're keeping up. I was like, trust me, I don't know either. (laughs) In all seriousness, I, I do love it. So when I'm on Instagram I love talking to you chatting to all of you um so keep your comments coming in um it is much appreciated and uh, we've had some comments we had a lovely comment from Sophie Coulthard and she said that she really enjoyed the facts in our podcast and also she liked it when we questioned some of the things that were said in the interview and she means the Oprah interview about spilling the tea and having the receipts (laughs) um and it didn't feel like we were slagging anyone off it just felt like picking up on a few things which is what she liked so she said we're doing a fabulous job and yeah thanks so much so for uh, listening to the podcast and giving us your um your take on the pod we've had a lovely comment from i'll hopefully i'll say this right we burke do and they said wonderful as always ladies that was left on our podcast comment section if you're listening on podbean and also brendel middleton she said i'm related to the royal family so amazing we love it bring up all of your uh, connections with the royals we absolutely love it and it's something we're thinking about doing very um soon is actually having some royal community on the podcast to talk about their meetings with the royals so something we would like to do in the future okay i'm gonna ask you a question now rach favorite engagement of the week favorite engagement for me i would probably have to say was william and betty yeah William Betty forever they have my heart (laughs) yeah do you know what I mean that for me is so there but I'm also gonna say uh the Countess of Wessex with the well-being uh of women with the menopause and the period awareness love it absolutely love it and it was great to hear a royal 
get real get real about it we had camilla saying the word sex last week didn't we <laughs> and now we've got sophie saying menopause periods the amount of people that commented about when she says i think i had about four or five people was like camilla said sex <laughs> So if you didn't hear Camilla say sex, give us the context, right? <laughs> sex. Um, so she was talking about, um, she, she was doing an interview for one of the books on her, um, the Duchess of Cornwall's reading room. And she was talking about this particular book. I can't remember the name of the book now, but she was, um, she said the word sex in it. And it was kind of like, oh, she said sex. And sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Camilla. <laughs> We've had a wonderful royal week of news and engagements. It's wonderful. We had Northern Ireland last week and we've got Scotland this week. Wow. I mean, can we please have a break? <laughs> we just like have a little downtime for everyone. <laughs> we need a bit of a break. Yeah. I feel like maybe next week we're not going to hear much from William and Catherine um, just because they have been, especially William, he's been like on it this week, hasn't he? Um, so he deserves a bit of a break, doesn't he? absolutely so that's it with um with the royals this week thank you so much for listening and as always keep on keeping up with these windsors uh, we'll be back next week with episode 13 so thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you next week on keeping, keeping up, up with the windsors, windsors.